This is Brother John. Welcome to Elisha Power Ministries. Here we go again, another man, another black man killed at the hands of a rogue police officer. Let me thank you for joining Elisha Power Ministries tonight. This is with a heavy heart and frustration that I come to you on this edition of Elisha Power Ministries radio and it's almost to the point where you've exhausted so much energy and you've said all of the right things and you've thought all the right things and you've tried to explain to your counterparts my white counterparts that is why people are saying black lives matter what am i talking about Unless you've been on Pluto or you've been a part of some space exploration expedition, you know that there's been protests for, I believe today is day 13, since a young black man, 46 years old, was killed going to his neighborhood grocery store, going I guess he was sitting in his car when police arrived. He had been accused of distributing a counterfeit uh, $20 bill. I hear some people say of writing a false check or what have you, but that shouldn't get you killed. And quite frankly, the authorities have not been able to confirm that he had any type of fraudulent currency at this point. So George Floyd is the man I'm talking about on May 25th. 2020 he had gone to his counter his uh, neighborhood grocery store that he frequent he frequented several times a month is my understanding and a new clerk was working there behind the counter he took what he believed to have been some type of fake currency the owners of the establishment were not there that day they say and this clerk was new he called the police 
Police came. They found George sitting in his own vehicle. He wasn't trying to run. He wasn't trying to do anything other than sit in his vehicle. The police arrived. You can see them on video. They walk across the street. Put George in handcuffs is what is seen on the video. A few moments later, George is dead from Officer Derek Chauvin. Putting a knee on his neck, his full body weight, for almost nine minutes. During those nine minutes, George Floyd is crying out, telling the officer he can't breathe. There are three other officers on the scene who... One stood by blocking the community from shouting or trying to get to George to help get this man off of George's neck. And you can hear people saying, the man can't breathe. Get off of him. What are you doing? But Officer Chauvin, he puts his hands in his pocket, looks around as if nothing is going on. He's sitting on a man, suffocating him to death. And as a matter of fact, we now know, according to the coroner, George Floyd was dead within minutes. For two minutes and 46 seconds after George Floyd was dead, Derek Shaman continued to kneel on this man's neck. He cut off his oxygen and blood flow to his brain, killing him in this death is seen on video. Horrific. Terrible. It brings out so many emotions, not just in me, but in people all over the world, because this video obviously has gone viral. And today being June 7th, 2020, by the way. And so, and keep in mind, this man was not resisting arrest. He had no weapons on him. He wasn't running from the police. He was just crying out for Derek Chauvin to get his knee off of his neck. And at one point, you can hear George Floyd crying out for his deceased mother. To say the video is tear-jerking would be the understatement of the century. I am frustrated, I am aggravated that another man, another black man has been killed unnecessarily by the police. I mean, just weeks ago, it was Breonna Taylor sitting in her apartment or she was sleeping in her apartment when there was a no-knock order, which I've never heard of. It's so ridiculous. A no-knock order. The policeman burst into her home while she's in the bed. And mind you, none of them were wearing body cams, or at least their body cams were not on. How convenient. And they shot this woman in her bed, this, what, 25-year-old, I think she was, 26-year-old woman, black woman, shot her eight times in her bed, looking for some felon who mind you, was already in jail. They killed this woman. And there's been outrage all around the United States, all around the world. 
Iran protested. Brazil, Italy, England, New Zealand, the Netherlands, Ireland, France, you name it, they protested. And even now, today is day 13, where thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have been marching in every state. There is no state in the United States where there has not been a protest. All 50 states, every large city in America has been protesting the death of George Floyd. And not just his death, not just his death, but the death of countless others who have died at the hands of the police. They're demanding police reform, as they should. They're demanding there be more checks and balances on police. They're demanding the, the defunding of police departments. They're demanding the demilitarization of police departments because we know within the last several years, police departments have gotten their hands on military equipment. These guys, many of them are driving around in anti-personnel carriers that the military uses. They all have these long guns which I'm not opposed to them having long guns when assailants have long guns. I'm not opposed to that. But they don't need to be walking around as if they're, they're in all this military gear, as if every person they encounter is trying to kill them. And you wonder why black people in this country are afraid of the police. They don't want to have any interaction with the police because they're, they're, they're assumed guilty before they ever have their say, they're assumed guilty. There is a long history of police profiling in the United States. Going back before the Civil War. These things have never been properly addressed. Okay? Never been properly addressed. So... You know, as a Christian man and as a Christian black man, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around why some people didn't get it before when you see multitudes, not like what I'm seeing now. I mean, what I'm seeing now, it's on another level as far as the amount of protests and the numbers of people who are coming out in the streets protesting against police, police brutality. We've never seen this in the United States. I'm talking about tens of thousands of people per city coming out protesting every day. Today, as I said before, it's the 13th day of protesting. So many of my white brothers and sisters who have gone out in the streets in their own neighborhoods, they're putting up signs, they're carrying placards that say Black Lives Matter. They're talking about police re reform. They're talking about how they embrace and want to embrace their black brothers and sisters. And our black brothers and sisters are doing the same, saying it's about unity. We can't be divided any longer. We cannot allow 
this evil thing, this sin called racism to permeate our country anymore. We should have never allowed it in the first place. America's first sin was slavery. Let's be real about it. And this show isn't going to be about that today, but it's about aware, raising awareness for injustice. You know, people want to shout all lives matter. Well, let me tell you about all lives matter. There's never been a time in history, particularly in the United States, when white lives did not matter. So when people yell all lives matter, they're yelling it and it shows their level of ignorance. Ignorance. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, the former football player, former quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers who led them to a Super Bowl just a few years ago, he started kneeling because of police brutality. They ran him out of the league. Ran this man out of the league because he kneeled during the national anthem. Now, it wasn't his idea to kneel. He got the idea from a Green Beret sergeant who said to him, don't sit during the national anthem because it's disrespectful. And Colin Kaepernick did not want to be disrespectful. So he listened to this white green beret, beret, beret sergeant who told him, kneel during the anthem. It's more respectful. So he started doing that. He and several other black and white, by the way, football players. And it even spilled over into soccer where we have members of the United States Olympic soccer team who started to kneel and God bless them for that and others and it started to spread to high schools and colleges because they recognized there was an issue with police brutality going back four or five years ago when Colin Kaepernick began to do it they blackballed him ran him out of the league and he hasn't played football since although he has wanted to and of course now this week Roger Goodell the commissioner of the NFL comes out and says he was wrong. He should have listened to the black players with respect to police brutality. He was wrong. These are his words, not mine. And there's so many other companies now who understand that the slogan Black Lives Matter does not mean no other lives matter, but it means Black Lives Matter too. Treat us the same way you would treat that blonde young lady who made a mistake and who's trying to drive home and get home to her family. Treat us the same way you would treat her. Or that white athlete who might have had too many to drink coming from a party. You're not snatching him out of his car. You're not killing him. You're giving him whatever citation he deserves and he gets to go home. Do the same thing for Black Lives Matter because we matter too. That's what that means. And if you don't know what that means by now, you're either a part of the problem or you don't want to be a part of the solution. One of the two, or maybe both. I don't know. I don't know. So George Floyd dies May 25th, 2020 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And now the whole world is ablaze in protest. And I hate that this man lost his life. I hate it, but I also am happy to see that in my lifetime, that many white people, black people, Asians, Indians, Arabs, 
people of all races and ethnicities are coming together for a cause that involves the elevation and education of humanity. I have not seen this, not like this, in my lifetime. Not at all. And so, I'm talking about the protests and the changing of American society. This feels different. Back in the 50s and 60s, you saw through you know, History Channel, YouTube, what have you, because I wasn't around back then, I wasn't born, but you saw these black, courageous men and women along with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, uh, Jesse Jackson, Reverend Al Sharpton, Medgar Evers, and the list goes on and on. I mean, black and white celebrities, Harry Belafonte and Sidney Poitier and so many other people speaking out against injustice. Police brutality was definitely among them. They wanted voting rights. They wanted things to change so they could be treated as equal. And here we are, 2020, and we're still marching. Now, granted, President Johnson, back in 64, 65, he signed the legislation the Civil Rights Act 1965, the Voting Rights Acts of 64 and 65. And I applaud him for that. But there's still a ways to go, as I keep hearing my white counterparts say, and I'm so happy to hear them say that because the light bulb has come on. There should be no place in the United States for any racist to be able to spread his deceitful, hurtful, and callous propaganda. There should be no place. No place. You can't tell me when I'm in elementary school that the United States is a melting pot. And then when you look in that pot, you start to pick out certain vegetables you don't like, so to speak. You can't tell me that it's a melting pot. No, it's not. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to. Everyone here is supposed to be equal. Those are certain God-given inalienable rights, according to what I've read in the Constitution. And so now George Floyd, unfortunately, has lost his life. People have awakened, so to speak, as if from sleep. And that is a good thing. I, for one, will not allow George Floyd's death to be in vain. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do my part. What all that entails... I'm not sure, but I have some ideas that I may share with you later. But I do know, I do know, friends, that if you're a Christian and you see that video of George Floyd, the, his life literally leaving him, his breath leaving him, and that does not bother you and you still come back with some false ideology or false lies about this man and others. I don't know what type of Christianity you're practicing. And I don't know what God you're serving. But you're not serving the same one I do. You're not. George Floyd. Born in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Moved to Houston. Left Houston. Moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Where he was a truck driver. 
And of course, many people were laid off and he was one of them. He was laid off in Minneapolis. I mean, we got 40 million people who filed for unemployment within the last two months, over 40 million people in the United States. And so he was one of them. A man with five children. Okay. And again, not just him, Breonna Taylor of the world, all these black people who've been killed, Tamir Rice, the kid, you know, he shot down as a, as a child by a police officer because some woman saw him playing in the park with a toy gun and the cop pulls up, didn't ask any questions, just blows the kid away. Amon Arbery, just a month ago, taking a jog, he's hit by a truck. The truck was trying to pin him in because he was in a neighborhood, a predominantly white neighborhood jogging. He gets hit by a truck, gets chased by two by two murderers who shoot him to death. He had to fight for his life. And they shoot this man to death with a shotgun and then they use a racial slur after he's lying on the ground dead. All of this stuff is recorded. Then you have the Amy Coopers in the world who calls the police on a black man in New York City in Central Park because he asked her to please obey the law. Please put your dog on a leash. She looks at him and says, now I'm going to call the police on you and say that a black man is harassing me and you're threatening me, which was all a lie. And of course, she lost her job for that. Good. And the Humane Society took her dog. Good. She did her best to ruin up a stranger's life all because he happened to be black and he asked her to please put your dog on a leash. And she felt insulted that how dare he, a black man, speak to her. And all of that racism was caught on video. Thank God. Thank God. And so, you know, this episode... I'm recording this episode with frustration. I'm just so sick and tired of it. I'm so sick and tired of the racism. You know, in in church, people sing these songs of unity. They pray. They talk about the goodness of the Lord. But then when the church doors fly open, Monday through Saturday, they have such hatred and evil in their hearts. For their neighbor. And let's not forget. Now I'm just reporting history. Let's not forget how many of these Christian churches. Got their Christian schools in the south. It was in the 60's. Many of them did not want their children to go to school with black children. So lo and behold. Sprang up all of these Christian private schools. Because they did not want their precious kids going to public schools with black kids. That's not conjecture. That is an unimpeachable fact. Look it up. And these are the so-called Christians. And people talk about we're one. No, we're not one. We are not one. We won't be one until 
Black Lives Matter to everyone. The same as white lives matter to everyone. That's when we will be one. And so just keep in mind that racism is a sin. Keep in mind, bigotry is a sin. Keep that in mind. Read your Bible. Those of you who call yourselves Christians, but yet have such hatred in your heart for other people who are different than you. Keep that in mind. When you're raising your hands in church, praising God, but yet you hate to see people in your church who look different from you. And I'm talking to white people and black people on that one because I've seen it go both ways. Just That's just full disclosure being honest. But see, the Christian knows better. The Christian knows that it's sin. And the Christian loves God and wants to do the right thing at all times. And so, to recap, I'm just so happy to see many of my white brothers and sisters out in the streets proclaiming the fact that black lives matter. And there are two people that usually come to mind when I think about civil rights and how white people have fought, bled, and died for the cause. I think about Viola Luizo. This mother of five who was killed May 25th, 1965, just because she was escorting black people to the polls to get registered to vote. She was killed by the Ku Klux Klan. Bullet came through the car and shot her. Ku Klux Klan did that. And and she was a Unitarian, a Unitarian Christian, by the way. Same as James Reeb, who was a Unitarian uh, uh, preacher. This man came to march with Martin Luther King, and of course he was beaten up by white supremacists. His head injuries were so terrible, and he died two days later in the hospital. I think about men like John Brown, who tried to lead a slave revolt to free the slaves before the Civil War. I think about him. I think about so many other white brothers and sisters who have given so much, many of them the ultimate sacrifice in the fight for civil rights. And of course, we know there are a myriad of black civil rights leaders who have died, who've been killed as well. And so what I'm saying to you by making this statement is that although the devil and evil and hatred has done everything that could be done to separate us, God has always had people of multiple persuasions as far as their ethnicity to stand together and say, no, we're better than this. And we're going to do what is right. And we're going to support each other in the face of adversity. And we're going to end this racial hatred. Or we're going to die trying. And as in, it is in that vein that I salute and I thank 
every person, every person, regardless of ethnicity or race, who has stood on the front lines, who have fought behind the lines, who have fought secretly to do everything they could do to end racial hatred, discrimination, sexism. God bless them and their families. And I thank them from the bottom of my heart. And there's still work to do. There's still work to do, and we're going to do it. Because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And what the enemy means for good, for, for bad, God is going to turn around for good. God is going to turn it around. That is my faith. I believe that. I believe that. But you know, faith without works is dead. So I'm going to do my part because I have the faith. Now there's work to be done. And there has been work to be done for quite some time. But God. But God. Is my portion. And he will do it. I believe that. And this time that we're in right now. It just feels different. And I pray to God that something great comes out of this. I pray to God this isn't one of those issues where people protest. Where they rally. And then everything clears and there's no real progress to be seen. I pray against that in the name of Jesus. That we can hold each other's hand, both black, white, in every ethnicity. And have the victory through our pain. Have the victory through our pain. God bless you. This is Brother John with Elisha Power Ministries. Take care. Be safe. And remember, COVID-19 is still out there. So take your precautions. Practice your social distancing, love and take care of one another because that's the only way we're going to make it and trust in the Lord. God bless.